Yo, what's up, guys? This is Dave with Dynasty Dorks. We're a year-round fantasy football podcast, and we do Dynasty and redraft content. Thanks for the follow. Good luck this season. What's up, guys? We have the 2022 Dynasty Dork Dundies Awards. It was an awesome 2021 season. It went very, very fast. And I appreciate every single one of you guys, as well as Nate, for spending some time with me and talking some football. Um, Just to make sure we introduce the guys, in case you don't know who they are, we'll start out with you, Jeremy. What do you got going on, and where where can they follow you? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at PopesFFH. Um, pretty much I have some rookie threads coming out. I, I do a lot of everything. I wouldn't say I'm a master of anything, just you know, do a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, but you can find writing over at SGPN Network, and you can find it also at YardsPer.com. Awesome. You should check them out. And absolutely anyone that's into Debbie or trying to get you know ahead of the game on their dynasty leagues, go follow Germ. All right, Justin. Yeah, what's up, guys? You can find me on Twitter at JFHornets25. Usually when I'm not here with Dave and my DDFF family, I'm over at We Know Fantasy. Um, I'm probably taking a little bit of a hiatus for the next few weeks, and then I'll crank back into some some of the Dynasty stuff as the draft stuff kicks off. But I'm going to lick my wounds as my Chargers went down Sunday night. Yeah, man. Um, So congrats to Jeremy and congrats to Ralph for making the playoffs. Ralph, good to see you, man. Good to see you guys. I You can find me at Lobo's FF Den. Appreciate every single one of you guys. Appreciate you three in this picture. Um, man, it's been quite the season. I, I, I can't wait to give out some of these awards, man, and, and I'm excited about it. But you can also find me on FF Faceoff. I, I, I took a little bit of a break over the last few months. Um, work was chaotic, man. Life happened. But back in the grind, and I think right now, as, as much as I love the season for content, the off season is is where I, I love to grind as well, man, and, and and that's where I think a lot of people start winning championships, especially in dynasty leagues. So any sort of dynasty content, I'm there for it. I'm here for it. Um, I'm excited to get this going. Yeah, and we'll just go straight to the news. Um, not a lot of news because it's you know right before the playoffs, but there is head coaching news and offensive coordinator and GM news, and this this affects your dynasty value more than more than anyone can can really put on paper. The Giants, the Bears, the Broncos, the Vikings, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, and the Raiders all are looking for a new head coach. If you look at it, these are some of the worst offenses in the league, and your dynasty stock in any of those teams can only go up if you're talking about the Giants, the Bears, and you know the Jaguars. Um, it's addition by subtraction with those situations. The offensive coordinators for the Lions and the Panthers are out. And so they're looking for new ones. And the Giants, the Bears, and the Vikings also fired their GMs. So a clean sweep for both of those organizations. So you're probably going to see the GMs hired before the coaches. Um, but it's going to have a big effect on the dynasty stock of those players. And all of our news is brought, brought to you by Manscaped, uh, the number one for below-the-belt men's grooming. Make sure you go to manscaped.com. Use the tw- the Dynasty Dorks, all one word, all capital, 20 for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. So let's just do the quick recap for the 2021 top leaders for fantasy football. You got Josh Allen was your QB1. Then you had Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, we're not going by position here. We're going by all. So let's go to my position. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Hurts, Deck Prescott, Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, and Derek Carr. Then you got your running backs. We had Jonathan Taylor finish as the number one guy. Austin Eckler. Oh, this is standard. Not really do me any favors here. Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, 
Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, James Conner, Cordero Patterson, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Antonio Gibson. I think there's a few surprises on the on the running on the running back list that jump out. Then you got Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Deontay Johnson, Mike Evans, DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, and then your tight ends. Mark Andrews is the top tight end. Then you had Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Dalton Schultz, Kyle, Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goddard, Dawson Knox, Zach Ertz, Hunter Henry, Robert Gronkowski, Mike Kosicki, and Noah Fant. So as far as as far as that, I do want to talk about, you know, Ryan McDowell puts out a lot of great, great stuff. One of the things that he does that that I really, I really like is he talks about who were the most consistent players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the year, you can be kind of uh, fooled by some of the stuff. So as far as the the final numbers out of the rookie quarterbacks, Davis Mills and Mac Jones both had more QB one finishes than the other guys. That's, that's probably a big surprise, especially with, with everyone as invested they were in, in Lawrence QB one, most QB one games this season ended up being Justin Herbert as he passed Jalen Hurts. Um, Jalen Hurts missed a few games, but pretty consistent. Justin Herbert and all these guys at the top. Wide receiver, Cup, <laughs> huge gap. Evo <laughs> Samuel, Devontae Adams, Renfro snuck in there. Tyler Lockett had six wide receiver one games and probably 12 wide receiver six games. <laughs> About his story every year. <clears throat> and we had um, most tight end one games, Andrews, Kelsey, and then Schultz. Schultz. And Ertz snuck in there. <clears throat> Very interesting. But again, to be a tight end one, and in, in, uh, I think Justin and Jeremy got a couple of tight end one finishes this year. It's not that difficult. Um, but ten, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. So, um, if Kelsey next- doesn't miss that game with COVID, he might not lose his streak. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, one thing, you know, again, I congratulated the guys because you know we have two out of two out of the group got to the playoffs, but we got to give out some playoff teams and you know, Justin, I'm going to give you the first spin here. This is going to be your, your playoff team. Let's see. You're going to cheer for anybody, but Cowboys and Chiefs. Oh, you, you get the Cardinals. You get the Cardinals. All right. All right. And this is who I get. And I get the Patriots. Oh, I apologize. Dave, that's going to end real quick. I apologize. <laughs> I am now a huge Patriots fan. All <laughs> right. Well, see you. <laughs> so all in fun. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you guys saying hi, hi, dorks just sounds rude. Yeah. Hey, man, it's all good. It's all good. This is the dork squad. We embrace the dorks around here. So it's like the dynasty nerds do. Um, so let's, let's get into the awards. So the first award we're going to give out is our breakout fantasy performance. Jeremy, who, who got your nomination? Uh, you alluded to him a little bit there in Ryan McDowell's thing, but for me, it's Mark Andrews. Um, I know some other guys you get are all listed are all, very good candidates as well. But for me, Mark Andrews is a big one. I mean, he came out of nowhere. In essence, kind of came out of nowhere. It was his first 1,000-yard season, which he had 1,300 yards. It was nine touchdowns, which is one off his career high of 10. And he was the PPR tight end one on the season, 40 points more than Travis Kelsey, while averaging at least one point per game more than Travis Kelsey all season. And like you had alluded to, the consistency. I mean, the 12 games as a tight end one. I mean, he was a plug-and-play, and you had no worries. I mean, he won you le- He won you weak sometimes. Sometimes he just got you enough to be a decent tight end play. I mean, it was never – hardly ever did you get Mike Gusecki goose egg from him. So, No doubt. Um, no, 
No doubt, man. And Andrews was a guy that I was not as high on going into the offseason. I thought they're getting a whole bunch of these pass catchers. They're not going to throw the ball enough. And at the end of the day, um, he ended up being a tremendous value. And, um, yeah, he definitely broke out for sure. All right, Justin, who do you got for us? So I went with Debo Samuel. Um, he was a guy, wide receiver this year, coming off of the board, seventh, eighth round in most leagues. Um, ended up number two overall in PPR and three overall in half PPR. Went for over 1,700 yards from scrimmage and 14 touchdowns, eight of those rushing. So he was just a guy that, like, I really – I kind of slept on him at the beginning of the year. I didn't know what was going to happen with Trey Lance, who the quarterback was really going to be. Was Debo going to stay healthy? And they started using him as a Swiss Army knife, and he he just he blew up week after week after week. Yeah, he was what we thought Christian McCaffrey was going to be, and you got him in the tenth round. Um, absolute steal. So he gets your game ball. Jeremy gives the game ball to to Andrews. Ralph, who do you got? My game ball goes to the guy I preached all off season, and and it's it's not to it's not to rub it in your face, Justin. I swear. Um, <laughs> but I wish I was seeing him this weekend instead of Ben Roethlisberger, but. Um, Justin Herbert, he gets, he gets my breakout of the year. And I think, I mean, to get 5,000 yards year two, um, 38 touchdowns, nine, 300 yard games. Um, the dude's a monster. Dude's an absolute monster. He can get it done on the ground too. He doesn't run as much. He doesn't need to, but, um, absolute rock star took that next step this year. And I think I preached all off season. He was a top three quarterback in dynasty play. Um, and, and he absolutely did that. And he, he, and he ended his QB too. So right behind Josh Allen. So super pumped for his future and I'm excited for it, but he wins, he wins my Dundee. So yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. We got to get some props and for my prop, I'm going to give my game ball to Mr. Jamar Chase. So all off season, he was my one Oh one over Najee Harris over, over Kyle Pitts. And at the end of the day, you know, he had a little bit of rust. He had to get off. He sure. used training camp to get it, you know, to, to get that rust off. And he started the season hot. <clears throat> and all the people that freaked out over the training camp reports and that one video where he couldn't, get, you know, couldn't break coverage. Um, you know, then there was a, you know, little leak story that, you know, something about, um, you know, it was something off the field, but. He had an absolute breakout performance. The myth, you know, it's a, becoming a myth now that rookie receivers are not going to produce year one. And um, he is an absolute monster. Uh, it was it was really fun to watch him this year. And at some points, he just looked absolutely dominant. Yeah. He never looked like a rookie once this year pa- past those, those training camp videos. So rookie quarterback of the year. Going into the season, everyone probably would have just said, just hand this award to Trevor Lawrence. Interestingly enough, Trevor Lawrence got zero, zero nominations, zero game balls. Oh, and just by the way, Nate's was Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor had a good finish to the year last year, but this was a complete breakout. The whole soft schedule narrative. No, this guy was an absolute monster. He was uh, he was very heavily involved in the passing game, so he got Nate's game ball. Yep. So rookie quarterback Jeremy, who do you got? I'm going to split the game ball in half, and it's going to go to the top two guys we mentioned earlier. But it's going to be Mac Jones is the kind of the clear runaway with this, just on the basis of he had he finished as the highest quarterback. He was QB 18 with 14 points per game. I mean, it's pretty impressive from a, from a game manager as he was called. Um, But he was, I mean, he exceeded my expectations. I did not expect him to finish this well and look this good. Um, We always knew he was a smart player coming out of Alabama. That's just was his MO. He was smart. He gets the players where they got to be. He makes the reads and makes accurate throws. And it just fit perfectly with that Josh McDaniels offense there in new England. And it's just, it's been a match made in heaven paired with that run game and that defense. So for him, it was just a nice smooth sailing season. He never really was like super high, super low. It was pretty even keeled. And as a rookie quarterback, if you're playing super flex, him finishing his QB 18, that was a steal because you were getting him in like the second round. Um, Almost that a la Justin Herbert last year, just not as high of an upside. But for me, I also really liked what Davis Mills brought. I think a guy that, 
was completely slept on in the offseason for many people. Um, I wrote about him a little bit in the spring as possible sleeper candidate landing there in um, Houston. He got an opportunity, didn't get to play as many games, but he had the second most points per game at 12.8, just above Trevor Lawrence at 12.7. So it wasn't a lot, but I just think for how late he was drafted, for the lack of the buildup on him, um, just kind of – I think he deserves at least a nomination, at least a kudos second second place there. So, so um, Nate also gave Mac Jones the award, and Justin and Ralph also gave Mac Jones the award. Any points missed or that you guys want to add? No, I mean, I think the cool thing about this award for the rookie quarterback is none of them were, like, super good from a fantasy perspective. I mean, Mac Jones, so we get to kind of look at who actually – outperformed as a player on the field. And the one thing that I just will expand on what Jeremy said is um, Mac Jones impressed me with his ability as a rookie to rebound from mistakes and pressure. Um, Like he, you know, he would get, he got smacked a couple of times and he threw some pretty bad, he had some bad throws that turned into interceptions and turnovers for that team, but he came right back out and kept firing, um, which I thought was, you know, he's protected a little bit in that, that offense, but they've got somebody that can, that they can build around. Yeah, through three 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 passes in a in a football game and one. <laughs> ah, sorry, sorry too soon. That's already the start of the rivalry that started. <laughs> I see how it's going to be. I see Ralph, how the rest of the week's going. Ralph, anything? <laughs> I was I was just going to say his 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 average per game. It also includes that probably zero point one game that he had. So I mean that that in itself probably brought down a few points. But um, he looks good. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I I don't see a world in which he ever could potentially end top five, maybe unless the Patriots offense really shifts gears over the next couple of years. But as we know, Belichick loves to run that time management. So I think he fits that offense perfectly. Um, So excited for his future, but he for sure deserves it. So Mac Jones, good job, man. So uh, I did go against the grain and I gave my game ball to Davis Mills. And he had the worst, the worst cast, which Mac Jones does not have a, you know, True. The AFC Pro Bowl team, but it still was better than what he had over there. Not only the you know from offensive line to weapons to Rex Burkhead being his running back <laughs> slash Mark Ingram, who they traded. Um, just you know, this guy should have stayed, and he would be the he would be the number one quarterback on the board by far. Mm-hmm. Um, but he looks good. You watch the games; he's got poise. He keeps his head up. He makes plays. He just he. He looks like he he belongs out there, and even in games where they lost, like against the Titans, they gave the Titans the number one seed in the AFC a hard time with a much worse roster because of Davis Mills. Um, so I think you know I think the GM over there is starting to clean some things up. I think they're going in the right direction. They had a lot of one year deals over there, so it's gonna be a lot of new faces uh, in Houston. Um, they'll probably trade Deshaun Watson and get a whole bunch of draft capital. I think that they build around Davis Mills. I don't necessarily think they need to go get a quarterback in the trade from Deshaun Watson. But again, like you said, from a fantasy perspective, Mac Jones and Davis Mills are not that exciting, even in your super flex leagues. And that's where I give you guys the question. In your super flex leagues, Ralph, next year, who are you drafting as your first quarterback from this class? I'm going fields all the way. I'm... I, I'm not losing. I'm not losing faith. He he I, he he showed he showed sparks here and there, and, and I think part of it with a brand new head coach, with the right head coach, and if they can utilize him correctly, I'm going Fields next year. Um, out of all the rookies, I I still have some faith. I mean, even Trevor Lawrence, he had one year with Urban Meyer, um, and, and I think that's all he needed. So hopefully, he's got the raw talent too. He could be up there, but um, if I'm going for that upside, I'm going Justin Fields. Yeah, and we'll assume all five of these guys are starters, Trey Lance, Davis Mills included. Yeah. Um, so, Justin, who do you got? I'm going to go for the upside of Trey Lance um, and take Kyle Shanahan's offense. Um, I thought Trey Lance did a couple things. I mean, he's just a high-variance guy, so if I'm taking a shot, then he's probably got the highest ceiling of anyone in that group. He's probably got one of the lowest floors as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jeremy? Yeah, I'll probably stick with who I had at 1-1 this year. That's going to be Trevor Lawrence. I, I, I know there's a lot of concerns, and it's fair. I mean, you could see it even as a 
NFL standard. Like there were things that were concerning, but I, I just think he has like um, Ralph had alluded to, he has the raw talent it's there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we kind of saw it this week. I mean, he looked really good against Indianapolis and I just given a new head coach, maybe a little bit smarter of a scheme, help buffer him a little bit with the run game and get some play action going. And I think, I think we could see a big jump from Trevor Lawrence next year. Yeah. And you know, for me, I, I, I'll stick with Trevor Lawrence. I think that's the, the safer play, but, um, all three of these guys, you know, we're looking at Trey Lance is the e- Trey Lance might be the safest pick because we know who his head coach is next year. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know who the head coach is going to be of, you know, for Trevor Lawrence or for Justin Fields. Um, the only variable there with Trey Lance is we don't know if he is going to be the starting quarterback. Most likely is Jimmy Garoppolo could be traded off to, you know, Denver or Pittsburgh or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it's clear cut that those 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 guys are still the top guys. Yeah, Mac I'll Jones. Reserve, and, I'll reserve. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I want to reserve the right to to go for Trevor Lawrence to change to Trevor Lawrence if Brian Dabo ends up in Jacksonville. Sorry, Jeremy. Yeah, if we end up seeing, you know, this, this he gets, might not leave. You know, he right. tried last year, last year, the other year. You know, he's never. Yeah, I thought he was going to go to the Chargers with Herbert. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see, and I'm going to be going through this last year we did this and it was fun redrafting the 2021 rookies and we did another one where we mixed them with the 2020 so uh, i'd like to redraft and have that conversation because when you look after you have a year of tape and a year of seeing them on the field where you know who do you what's up maddie who do you want to to look at and so maddie the question is which quarterback from 2020 class 21 class would you draft first next year in your rookie drafts? Ralph has Justin Fields. We got Trevor Lawrence or everybody else. Nate said Trey Lance. He's just, yeah, that's what he said. Uh, actually, no, he said that. He said Justin Fields. Um, so let's go to rookie running back. Nate had Najee Harris. Justin, you had Najee Harris as well. Yeah, I think it was across the board. Across the board, it was Najee Harris. Everyone gave their game ball to Najee. Jeremy, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you had Javante scribbled out on your your card. I I I have to be a man of the numbers, and I had to avoid the heart because it would have been Javante if heart was involved. But I had to remove it because it was it was very impressive. I mean, I did not expect a top five finish from Najee Harris um, by any most, means. Most people uh, did it. I mean, so, I think, yeah. It, it, it was out of nowhere. I mean, it, I think the the PPR upside is kind of what you're looking at. I mean, he just Ben Roethlisberger's arm was worse than we probably all thought, and he just kind of losing Schuster and all of that. Just kind of everything worked out in his favor. He saw a decent target share every game. I mean, he had a safe almost six seven receptions every game. I mean, he had seven point four, and that's not even if he gained a yard on any of those receptions. Mm-hmm. So it was just it was just pure volume, and it was kind of that James Robinson role that Robinson had last year. He was just fed the ball a lot and I mean I still would take Javante over him um but I, he had a good year and it, it you know yeah I mean he didn't have to compete with Melvin Gordon for you know for touches uh, and things like that um you know I took Najee Harris as my second pick in the real reality fantasy football I got a lot of shit for it and then I got to make a great gift because um <laughs> you know Najee uh a great TikTok. Make sure you guys check me out on TikTok. Um, but yeah, Najee Harris had a great year. And it reminded me, I, I had that conversation with Joe Pisapia when he was on the show. And it reminded me of the Saquon Barkley, you know, year of he's got a bad offensive line. He's on a bad offense. So all signs point to it's not going to be good. But he's an elite talent with a aging quarterback that's going to want to check it down. And he's going to get those PPR, you know, and he's going to get the volume. That's the big thing. So it just came down to volume and, and Najee Harris poked through. I don't think there's much else to say. No one else was in consideration for this. Um, but if you redrafted it, Jeremy, re- you, next year, would you take Javante over Najee Harris? If Melvin Gordon's gone, yes. Everybody else? I, 
I, I stick with Najee. I mean, the volume's just going to stay there. <laughs> Tomlin, Tomlin loves to be have that main one main back. I'm sticking with. I mean, you've got to assume they're going to improve that line, which they didn't really do last year. And it's funny because I mean, Najee got th- over 300 carries last year. This year, and I mean, barely averaged under four, 1,200 yards. I think that was where everyone was saying he's not going to be able to do anything behind that line. I mean, the 28th ranks PFF line. To be able to do what he did with that line, they've they, they're going to improve it no matter what they do, whether they go in, into free agency. They, I'm personally hoping that. I mean, I, I don't know if I've got any Pittsburgh fans, but I'm hoping they go out and get someone like a Mariota or a Trubisky, uh, and, and and beef up that line and see what they can do one year with that guy. Um, they've got the team to do it to to be able to do that, but they've got to beef up that that O line and, and Najee is going to benefit no matter what they do. I mean, a rookie quarterback checkdowns. If they do end up going to free agency. He he's he's the guy in the right system for it. So I'm going to G. Yeah, I, I'm very interested to see who the quarterback is next year. Um, I think that you know they move their center to guard, which Ben alluded to, and then they yep. go attack you know the center position in free agency or the draft, and kind of get two positions with one move. Um, they but, have a lot yeah. of guys on that. They have a lot of guys on that offensive line. I think, or at least a couple that may be entering year three. Which, if you if you go by PFF standards, a lot of times they look for the breakout in year three for offensive yeah. linemen. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I think if we all you know redrafted it, it's going to be Najee or Javante, and then um, go from there. But as far as your your next position, we had another clean sleep, clean clean uh, sweep. We had Jamar Chase. So Jamar Chase goes and and gets the game ball from everybody for um you know for this one. I don't think there's much else to say. My question for you guys, Jeremy, Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle, which one are you taking first? I'm probably gonna take Jalen Waddle, I think. Um even I'll risk it with not knowing who the quarterback's gonna be or the offensive scheme. He's just He's so explosive. I mean, they both are, but I just Jalen Waddle's just crazy. The top end speed, the the way that they used him in that offense this year, the the fact that Mike Gusecki might not be back. I mean, Devontae Parker, we don't know what's going on there. Do they bring him back or not? Will Fuller. I mean, all signs point to Jalen Waddle being the guy next year. So I'm gonna roll with that. Um, and I feel like no matter what, the Eagles are gonna kinda wanna lean on that run game. And I think Devontae Smith's gonna be a great asset i just don't know if he's going to be i i think Jalen waddle's upside is going to be much higher than what Devontae smith will give you justin yeah i'm waddling all over that one um the only thing i'll i'll add to what jeremy said is um another pff thing they were talking about the other day on the nfl podcast i think sam munson was talking about um if you look at it side by side from an average depth of target standpoint, the way they used Jalen Waddle this year was kind of the same way they used Tyreek Hill his rookie year in Kansas City. And then the second year jump was like from eight yards per target, average depth of target to 15. So if they start using him more downfield, it's he's a real rocket ship. Ralph? I think part of it also has to do with Tua. I mean, he's never really been, you know, that – that that deep ball. I mean, I, I think his average th- the average length of his throws has always been anywhere between six and seven yards. So Waddle fits that perfectly. So whether he's there next year or not, where it's Deshaun Watson or whoever it is, I, I mean, I think we see that big spike from Waddle. I'm choosing Waddle over those two guys, but there's one guy who I'm choosing above both of them next year, um, and he got the honorable mention on on our for our awards. So Elijah Moore should actually get this. Um, I, I think there's from week seven to 13, Elijah Moore was wide receiver two behind cup. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that's a big PC. And that was with Joe Flacco for two of those games. I mean, Joe Flacco. Um, so I, I think we saw Zach Wilson kind of step it up over, over the last few weeks of the season towards the very end. Um, Robert Sala is a great coach out there. I, I think they're building something nice in, in New York. So um, it's, it's Elijah Moore. And I think next year we'll, we'll see more of him and, I mean Crowder, I believe he's on. He was on last year of his contract this year, so I think Crowder's out of there. Um, they don't really have anybody else. I mean Denzel Mims. I mean, what's he doing? They'll probably go out and yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's just going out and doing that. I, I think Elijah Moore is the guy there next year, and I think he's he's got a whole offseason to build with Zach Wilson this year. Well, that was my next question. I think I know Ralph's answer. I was going to start with you, Ralph, Rashad Bateman, or Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore. Though I, I love Bateman. I absolutely love Bateman, but I'm going Elijah Moore. 
Justin? Yeah, I agree. I think – I mean, it's just pass volume. The Jets are going to pass more than the Ravens are. Yep. Jeremy? Mm, tugging at the heartstrings. This is a tough show for me. God. <laughs> go Patriots. Uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> um, I'll take Bateman just to kind of be the devil's advocate here, but – I like Rashad Bateman. He was my wide receiver, too, in the class. I, I do love Elijah Moore, and I, I don't disagree with you guys. I think that, that all your points are definitely valid. Um, but I think we saw it. I mean, Mark Andrews saw a majority of the target share this year, but the Ravens wanted to pass more, and I don't know if returning with Dobbins and Gus Edwards, if they're going to go a little bit more run heavy. Um, but I still expect there to be a decent pass volume there. I mean, Sammy Watkins should be gone. It should be Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman there. I think that offense is just a little bit better. There's going to be a better chance for touchdowns. And just, I just think they're a better offense. And I trust Lamar Jackson throwing the ball more than Zach Wilson. And we'll just leave it at that. There's not much else to say there. So, if yeah. Lamar's, no. yeah. <laughs> it's, if Lamar's it's a tough playing one. for a contract, it's going to be a real interesting season next year yeah. If, yeah. They don't, if they don't extend him. Yep. No, it's it's a close one for me. You know, I, I'll take more. Uh, I was I'm higher on more, higher on that. You know, his role in that offense versus versus Bateman, but it's very close. And I think that those guys are are clear. Um, and I think there can be a conversation to be made of those guys over Devonta Smith. Um, you yeah. know, I, I really do think there is. Um, and when it comes down to it, if you can get, you know, if you can trade Devonta Smith for those guys plus something. It's close enough for me that I'm doing that. I'm not going to trade, unless I'm getting a lot more. I'm not going to trade J- Jalen Waddle down to that. But yeah, I just got Rashad Bateman to trade. I, I traded um, DeAndre Hopkins for um, a 2023 second, a 2022 mid second, and Rashad Bateman. That's a rebuilding. great deal. Yeah, that's I'm a great re- deal. Rebuilding, and I felt like it was it was the good it was the right move to, right move to do. Um, I like that a lot. So, rookie of the year of tight end. So, we had two for the Muth, and we had two for Pitts. Nate was one of the Pitts guys, so we're going to be splitting it. Ralph, what do you like? Tell me, tell me a little bit about Pat Farmuth. Muth, I loved him and the fact that he landed in Pittsburgh this offseason, or, you know, during this offseason. And I think part of it was, had it not been for this rightfully so love for Pitts this offseason and him, you know, entering the draft and, and being just this monster, this unicorn that he is. Um, Muth would have gotten so much more love, but he didn't. He was, he was overshadowed by, by the Pitts love. And I mean, he, he looks like Heath Miller out there in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I, I think he, he's that dependable target. And even with big Ben gone, um, I think he'll be outstanding next year for this year. Um, I mean, the guy had, I, I want to say it was I, back to your, to your Ryan tweet. I think he had five or six weeks where he was a, t- a tight end one and, and, and Pittsburgh started off. Not really. We didn't know what identity they were going to be. Were they going to run it with Najee? Were they going to just be a run first team? It was obviously big Ben wasn't throwing deep bombs anywhere. So Muth really did benefit from that. But for me, it was Muth. And I mean, he, I'm excited for him. I've seen him going really high in some, uh, in some dynasties, um, that I'm curious to see where you guys would take him, but um, it's it, it's awesome to see him getting some love, and he's got some major potential. So I'm excited for him next year. But Muth, he he gets mine this year. All right, Justin, you also went with Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, I mean, I really went with Pat Fryermuth the way he played down the stretch for the Steelers. I thought yep. he was very impressive. Um, I believe wholeheartedly that if the Steelers organization knew what they had in Pat Fryermuth, they would not have signed Juju back because um, he was, you know, they thought they needed a third target. When Juju went down, Pat Fryermuth really went up in, in snaps. I mean, Ebron, they had Ebron too, but um, – I just think if you give him a full year of compliment, he's going to be a top seven. He's going to be a top seven tight end next year. Yeah. And, and with fantasy football, you never love or hate a player. You just love or hate their value. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to mm-hmm. it, you paid a lot less. If you were, you probably picked up Pat Frymuth off the waiver wire when you had to pay a six round pick for Kyle Pitts. Yep. But now that I'm giving you guys points, Jeremy and I both picked Kyle Pitts. Jeremy, some points on Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I mean, 
For me, I just went with Kyle Pitts. I think finishing as a tight end six says enough about it. I know Fryermuth had his nice stretch there. Mm-hmm. You could argue he was slightly touchdown dependent in that part. Um, it wasn't crazy, but I just I like what Kyle Pitts brings. I think he's much more athletic. Um, I, he's not your stereotypical tight end. I where I think Fryermuth is a little bit more of a complete tight end that can kind of get a little bit more dirty in the blocking game, do a little bit better there. He fits Pittsburgh much better. Um, I love how Ralph compared him to Heath Miller because that's exactly who I see in him. Um, He's not overly athletic. He's not overly fast. He's not going to surprise you there, but he's just so consistent. He's always in the right spot, and he's just making grabs, and it's just kind of – that's that perfect fit for, like, Ben Roethlisberger and that Steeler offense. Um, And I worry, like – but it's just crazy because you think about it, these two guys, they both have quarterback issues going forward. I mean, Matt Ryan's pretty much stuck in Atlanta. I don't know if they're ever going to be able to trade him. So you figure Pitts is going to have him for a couple of years. But like I said, I just the tight end six for me, and I just still think that Kyle Pitts is just overall athleticism to me and just finishing the season how he did on a team that had no other targets, just kind of, I don't know. I just still think he exceeded what I thought. I thought he was going to be more of like a, tight end 10 so yeah the calvin ridley thing really really changed things um but yeah with kyle pitts i think it just comes down to i gave the award to the person that had the most production um but i, I do i do think that you know the value of, of youth was was good and i think we got two good tight ends out of this class um brevin jordan played pretty well near the end of the year and he's someone that you might want to just keep an eye on in your dynasty leagues um, but I think, yeah, for me, it was Kyle Pitts, um, and I can see the case for both guys. Uh, most valuable player is the next one, Nate. Everybody picked the same guy, and he had an awesome triple crown season. Who wants to be the first person to give a game ball to Mr. Cooper Cup? His triple crown speaks for itself. I don't. We don't. Need, I don't need to say anything else. I yeah. will. There is something to say about Calvin Johnson having that amazing year that he did. And then we see Cooper Cup do the same thing with Matthew Stafford. Now, I'm not saying Matthew Stafford's amazing. He is very good. But I think he did benefit greatly from Matthew Stafford. So I'm, I, I would say part of that as well is we, we can give some of that to Stafford. But it's awesome to see Mr. Cooper Cup. Um, doing that. And I've already seen people in some dynasty leagues flipping them very quickly. Cause I mean, obviously I think for next year, I, I, I was, I was working on some of my redraft rankings and dynasty rankings and I've, I've got them in redraft as wide receiver three and people are going to hate me for that, but I've, I've got them as wide receiver three um, assuming he doesn't repeat that next year. So um, yeah, but he absolutely crushed it this year. He, he's going to be an interesting conversation in redraft. Um, and he's going to be an interesting conversation in dynasty. Cause he's not that young. He's 28, and he also has had one knee surgery, one you know ACL tear. Um, but we're doing a mock draft. I had the seventh pick in our dynasty one quarterback mock, and I took Cooper Cup. And you know it was him or Tyreek Hill, who's a year younger. Um, and I just took him there because I thought it was a fun conversation. When we do the show. Um, I don't think it's far off um, because if you if you can get Cooper Cup in the second round, please sign me up for that. Yeah, because I will be taking you know I will. Much rather give me the 202 and I can get, you know, Cooper Cup there. But for me, he belongs in the first round. He is just an absolute stud. Um, the best thing I heard about Cooper Cup this year was whatever you think about Cooper Cup, he's more than. So mm-hmm. if you think he's tall, he's taller. If you think he's fast, he's faster. You think he's smart, he's smarter. Everything you think he's more. And he showed it this year. He's tougher than people think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is. A st- and when Robert Woods went down, it's like, uh-oh, is Cooper Cup going to be able to be the one? Absolutely. And if yeah. you played against him, good luck. Yep. Um, <laughs> I did a couple times. It sucked. I had a lot of Robert Woods, and I was very upset. Cooper Cup also had the value of just being cheap. Um, and then for me, I, I know Jonathan Taylor was in the in the thoughts. Debo Samuel was in the thoughts. Was there anyone else you guys considered? Um, not really for me. I mean, Cooper Cup, everything you know, the triple crown. The I mean, he averaged over 25 points a game. I mean, his last stretch was 26, 31, 34, 21, 21, 26. 
that's how he finished the season. Like, I mean, you want to talk about consistency? I mean. Yeah, and, and I went straight to the MVP award, which is supposed to be almost like the grand finale, but I completely forgot about the sleeper award, ironically. Um, so we all had different sleepers. Um, well, yeah, I think we I think we, had, we actually had two, two of the same. Yeah, so, I was going to say, Jeremy and I both picked the same guy. So um, Amon Ross St. Brown from Nate. Um, he's got to stay true to his Lions, and – uh, it was a great, great pick. Um, he came on and he won championships for people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he won championships for people. So Justin and I have the same guy. I'll let you talk about our nomination game ball, Mr. Cordero Patterson. Yeah, you had to go see Pat here for a breakout. I mean, he was a guy that no one drafted. Most people picked off off the waiver wire, depending on how deep your league was. <laughs> He gave you, you know, he was that unicorn wide receiver running back that you could use interchangeably in your Yahoo leagues. Uh, I mean, the touchdown, he, you know, he started to fade a little toward the end of the year, but like his touchdown totals in the beginning of the season, and they finally got some. I mean, I was having flashbacks of like six years ago where I was like hyping up Cordero Patterson as a Vikings guy, and he comes out like game one and goes for a kick return and like blows up and then does nothing for the rest of the season. And I'm, I'm sitting here like having flashbacks, like, why couldn't you do that then? Um, but he had a great year. I got to give him his props. Yeah. And we talk about value. Um, that is, he had just, you know, if we did the waiver wire pickup of the year, um, <laughs> but I'm in a lot of three receiver format leagues and being able to put a running back in that third receiver spot was just a freaking cheat code. And then, you know, in my, in some of the leagues where I just, I was, then I he's a perfect person to trade. Hey Ralph, I'm I'm not making the playoffs. I'm rebuilding. You're making the playoffs. A perfect person to trade because everyone knows it was kind of you know one year deal. He's going to be a very interesting name come draft season next year if they do not add a running back, you know, big name running back this year. And where does he go? Because he is they have to re-sign him. He is uh, a free agent this season. Yep. All right, well, you, Jeremy and Ralph, you guys can rock, paper, scissors for this guy. You both had the same third and Renfro. Yep. Jeremy, you can take it, brother. All right. Well, I just had it. I mean, he's kind of the same length as Cordell Patterson. If you did draft Renfro, it was real late. And honestly, all season, and every, all, all everything pointed to the fact that John Gruden's never really had anything more than a wide receiver three. Um, you had that Nelson Aguilar season where he kind of merged up in there a little bit, but I don't even think he got outside of wide receiver threes if my memory suits me right. So to finish as a wide receiver 10 in PPR with over 100 targets or yeah. over 120 targets, 103 receptions, um, and then he had 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns, and it was his first ever 100-target season, and they were all career highs and touchdowns as well. So, I mean, just for – I mean, it was a sleeper out of nowhere, and I just – he had a career year. And for me, I think that was a little bit more consistent down the stretch. I mean, Hunter Renfro kind of – I mean, it was almost the opposite of Cordell Patterson. You know, at the beginning of the year, he was kind of, meh, not much going on. Like, midseason, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Renfro starting to emerge. And then he just had a big burst right before the playoffs and then kind of stayed true and steady through the playoffs – where I feel like Cordero Patterson, which was obviously a great pick, but it was the same thing for me. Cordero Patterson's drop off really kind of hurt him for me. I just kind of feel like he just at at the end of the season he was unstartable. I mean, he was touchdown dependent, and he was just kind of like you wanted to start him because he was getting you twenty points earlier in the year, but he didn't touch that like for the last six seven weeks. So it was just kind of like hard to put him in there and trust it. Where Renfro, I was still able to do that. So I kind of just went with that little bit more consistency. But I don't blame CPAT. Even Armand Ra, I think, is a good pick, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think on Renfro, too, just to, like, add on to what you're saying, we saw we saw him kind of on and off. Obviously, when the whole Henry Rugg situation happened, it really helped him. And, and I think there's a couple things. Renfro absolutely deserves that. I mean, I, I, I had people DMing me, hey, should I start Hunter Renfro or DK Metcalf? Or, like, hey, should I start Hunter Renfro or guys like A.J. Brown? And I'm like, Renfro is in the same league with these guys right now. So he absolutely deserves this one for the sleeper of the year. Now, I will say going into next year in a dynasty league, sell Renfro as high as you possibly can. 
And reason being is we don't know if Derek Carr is going back. We don't know if Derek Carr is going back to the Raiders. And if he if, he, if he's not there, who knows who's going to take that over? And, I mean, he, as talented as he is, Derek Carr was looking at him. I, I want to say the average was about 10, 11 targets really per game over the last six, seven weeks. So Derek Carr leaves that quarterback situation is murky. Head coaching situation is murky. Who knows what's going to happen there? Um, we we always thought, his, I mean, obviously we've seen his upside, um, but we've also seen what he can do inconsistently over the first two, three years of his career. So um, I, I hope he picks it up. I love Renfro, man. I love like the, the comparison pictures of like him with guys <laughs> like DK where he just, it, it, yeah. it's just, it's crazy to think that they're both professional athletes, but um, yeah, Renfro deserves it. I hope he can keep it up, but I would be looking to sell him in dynasty for, for sure. Yeah, and and with him, you know, Darren Waller was out for a good portion of his yeah. um his streak and we've seen that even going back to um you know the last two seasons mm-hmm. um where him and Waller kind of correlate back and forth because they operate on the same side of the field. So I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm going to throw a bonus bonus award and this is not a game ball. This is not a game ball. This one is a I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed award for our bust <laughs> candidates. So who, who gets the bust? This is you, you drafted him high. You are mad at him because he's on your roster and didn't do anything. Jeremy, who gets, who gets your bust award? Or if someone else wants to go first, go ahead. Um, mm, I'll go with Allen Robinson. I'll take the easy one. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. A guy that I probably hyped up all off season as well. I won't doubt that or deny it. Um, I mean, finished as the wide receiver 81. And I mean, most people probably drafted him in the first six to seven rounds. So yeah, there's not much else to say. <laughs> I'll go next. So mine is, is not a, you know, this is not, anything to his situation because he had every right to take the time away from it. But I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say Calvin Ridley was my bust. I mean, I was all over that guy to be a top five wide receiver this year. Easily thought he'd be a 160 target guy, like for sure. Um, he needed to take his time. Absolutely respect him for doing that, but definitely a bust from a fantasy perspective. I hope he gets gets right mentally and is able to come back physically and, and dominate yeah. next year because I'll be right back on it. I'm not going to get off that bike, but – um, that one hurt. No doubt. I agree with that. I wow. agree with that. I think obviously the first thing that comes to mind for me is AJ Brown. Um, I know injuries derailed his season quite a bit. I was drafting him as high as like the second round in some of my PPR leagues. So AJ Brown is for sure one of them. Um, but I also want to say a guy who I was very high on. I thought he had top 15 potential and I thought he could have a huge jump in year two. Um, Jerry Judy. Man, I had such high hopes for Jerry Judy this season. I thought he was going to fit that offense perfectly. We don't know what Sutton's going to do. And it seems like Tim Patrick almost outperformed Jerry Judy the entire season. And and, and obviously that's not a knock on Tim Patrick. It's just it's a knock on the abilities that I thought Jerry Judy had and, and what he was going to do this year. So I was I was preaching Judy all offseason, and I was hoping um, that he was going to end up doing phenomenal. But I think he ended up – I, I, I want to say with less than I, less than 300 yards and zero touchdowns for the entire year. So um, for me, it's Jerry Judy. I, I, I had such high hopes going into it and um, look for me to still be on his high horse in 2022 once they get that QB situation resolved. And, and the yeah, and, and you might want to take care of that before the offseason kicks off, because if if they're they're a, they're a team that if you look at the roster, they're a quarterback away. And yeah they are probably the number one spot for one of these premier head coaches. And if they were to get Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or Deshaun Watson, Jerry Judy's going to go up. Even if they got Jimmy Garoppolo, who is, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a, you know, the last, the last of the, you know, Garoppolo is most likely to be traded. I've heard, you know, things with him with the Broncos early on in the Watson situation, the Broncos were named on draft night. Mark Schlereth said, Rodgers was going to go to the Broncos. So, yeah, I, I, with Javante Williams, Cortland Sutton, with, with I mean, some of the offensive linemen, that, that team is is ready to go, and that defense is ready to go. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's the the number one spot for anybody. Kyle's got Allen Robinson as well. Took some you know third round picks. Yeah, man. And you know people were buying him up in Dynasty, going, "Yeah, this guy's gonna be a free agent next year." Yeah. Now you're going. I don't know if I bought a bunch of you know magic beans or just you know some beans. Um, uh, yeah, I mean you could argue he could be a great value this offseason again. Absolutely. You know? I mean, we've yeah. seen what he this can do. This is how it happens, this guys. Just a, yeah, absolutely. Is this just a, a fluke season, or was that is it the end, you know? Yeah. It's going to be the tough thing. If you're willing to gamble with it, I mean, it could pay off huge, but it's you an even see, bigger gamble now. Yeah, you can't see anybody throwing big years at him, though. I mean, he's old. Yeah. He's older, and he had a real bad year, so it's probably a prove-it deal. So, I mean, he, he latches on somewhere, maybe L.A. when Mike yeah. Williams leaves. And, and yeah, it may you, depend he on the a market. good spot like that, you know. <laughs> it, it may depend on the market. Kenny Galladay had a really crappy year. He still got paid. Um, you know, Jeremy Macklin got – like, people get paid. And it depends on the – if there's nobody out there, especially with Michael Gallup injury, we'll see. But, yeah, I do think a one-year prove-it deal makes sense. But I, I know, you know, Robinson's going to be looking to go somewhere with a good quarterback. He's done with this whole playing, you know, playing the game thing. Mm-hmm. And he may take less money for that reason, but he also, you know, taking less money might get a might get a longer deal. Um, my guy is Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you you spent it all. You spent your number one pick yeah. on Christian McCaffrey, and yeah, if you were to do what we all told you to do all off season and get that Geico insurance for your number one running back, you would have been okay. But there was a stretch where Chuba Hubbard really was was not good. Um, but he did finish the season strong. And even with a bad playoff schedule, did pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. Going into the playoffs, he was a – the fantasy football playoffs, he was literally the most inefficient running back in the NFL. Um, but he ended up playing well against the Colts and against Tampa Bay. Um, but, yeah, Christian McCaffrey was someone you, – you paid, you paid number one pick and yeah. just didn't get the return – that you wanted. Um, so this is a perfect pivot to our last thing. And that is the dynasty trade targets. We talked about Robinson and Judy as potential guys that you could buy low on. Um, I will, I will announce Nate's staying true to the blue Deandre Swift. Um, Swift did really well with Anthony Lynn because Anthony Lynn targets running backs and PPR formats. Um, but Swift was impressive in the running game as well. Um, and that was really, for me, it's nice to see. It's nice to see Austin Eckler go out there and, and you know, catch, you know, hundred you know for 100 yards. But then you're like, oh, did he have – but when, when he puts up 100, you know, 80 yards receiving and 80 yards rushing, that's a complete back. Mm-hmm. You know, J.D. McKissick's not doing that. You know, Naheem Hines is not doing that. So – I love to see that. I think Swift is is a is a good good candidate for you know for someone you want to trade for. Early reports are just just note Anthony Lynn may be out in Detroit. He's out already. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's out already. So um they they you know they switched the the play calling earlier in the season and then he's already gone. So yeah, the, they're looking for a new OC and so is there was one other team looking for a new OC, but they are looking for a new OC over there in um, Detroit. So, Jeremy, who do you got for your trade target? Lower left of the screen. No. J.K. Dobbins, um, for me, I still think coming off the ACL, nowadays the ACLs aren't as career-ending or career-detrimental as they used to be. Um, and for me, I just still think the upside in that Ravens offense is too high for just one of what I think is one of the best pure runners in the game right now. Um, I hope he comes back and is still hundred percent of that, but I just see, I mean, there was 324 carries between the four running backs that filled in for Gus Edwards and JK Dobbins as well as 75 targets over the season. So the volume's there, and I still think J.K. Dobbins is cheap enough. Everybody's starting to hype back up Cam Akers, who came back out of some freak ability from Achilles injury in the same season. I don't really know, but maybe he's Wolverine. Not really sure. Either way, everybody's excited about Cam Akers. J.K. Dobbins is still probably sliding underneath the radar a little bit, 
And they might still be worried about Gus Edwards coming back, et cetera. Maybe they think Devontae Freeman's coming back. Maybe they don't think Lamar Jackson's coming back and Tyler Huntley's going to be the quarterback. Who knows? They might not be in on J.K. Dobbins as much. And you might be able to get him fairly cheap right now for a guy who I still think will possibly have low-end RB1 upside in 2022. So, um, Ralph, you left yours as a mystery. Who do you got? I, I talked about him a little bit earlier. Jerry Judy is is going to be one of my main targets. I Like I said, he let me down in 2021 and not going to be the case in 2022. I think there's there's something to be said about the fact that he's still only 22 at the end of this season. And obviously that could potentially be one of the reasons he was struggling this year as well. I will say another guy who I, in a dynasty league, who I'm buying low on, and part of it was because of the situation, part of it was because Davis Mool's they weren't really committed to him. And I think once they have that commitment to him and so they start building around, if they do that, I, I believe the best, one of the best targets this season and to buy extremely low on, it's going to be Nico Collins. Um, Chris Conley will be gone. We're looking, Conley's going to be gone. Danny Amendola is going to be gone. I mean, he had that one crazy week 18, um, but just to kind of see those opportunities open up there, I think the Texans continue to rebuild. And part of that is going to be, around Nico Collins. I mean, the guy's a freak. He's 6'4". He's huge. He's a, he's a big target. Um, I'm also looking to acquire Nico Collins where I can get him because a lot of people, I think they, you know, to to what we were saying earlier is people expect these rookie wide receivers, if they're not putting up chase numbers, if they're not putting up these major numbers, they start to panic. They start to freak. And, and obviously Nico Collins didn't put up any crazy big weeks, but he's, he's going to be a, a guy who I'm targeting this offseason as well. People get excited about the next new thing. So when you're looking, you know, you can trade. I'm going to get this guy in here because he is being an absolute monster <laughs> and my wife's going to kill me. Um, Yeah, no, I, I like the Nico Collins call as well. So, Justin, who do you got? So I did mine a little backwards. Um, the trade target I, I'm talking about is a sell high, and that's a Monroe St. Brown. I think you need to sell at the top of this market. He dominated, um, not taking anything away from that stretch of games he had at the end of the season, but his market will never be higher. You don't, I mean, I, I think it's going to be Jared Goff next year. There's a new OC coming in. They would hopefully probably boost that receiving core. TJ Hawkinson comes back. De- DeAndre Swift, won't, you know, maybe doesn't miss those games. Monroe St. Brown was pretty non-existent at the beginning of the year. And so I think if you can, you could flip him right now in Dynasty for some, for probably some pretty good change. Um, and the other guy I want to just throw out that's also probably unpopular is I'm still buying, buying low on Michael Thomas in Dynasty. I mean, he's only 27 years old, I believe. Um, if he stays on the Saints, it kind of, you know, I don't love it as much, but I mean, he's still a stud and people have been disappointed by him for two years. So you could potentially get somebody to move him for a lot less than he would be worth. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Two for one there. And uh, I really like that Michael Thomas call and the Saints are going to be super aggressive um, this off season. And I know that they have no cap because they're paying Taysom Hill, you know, all this money, but They'll find a way to make it work. Last year, they literally had a trade with the Dolphins where they were going to basically buy salary cap from the Dolphins, and the league didn't allow it. Um, but they were trying to set up that trade because they were trying to get Javian Clowney. Um, yeah. So they'll do whatever they can to make some funny money down there <laughs> in New Orleans. They, they'll make that happen. Um, so his, his trade target, you know, who do you got? Who do you got? Hmm? Who are you trading for? The money, the money, the money, the money, money, money. All right, everybody. I agree. Heard that? Yeah, I agree. That's, that's a minions. good buy low. Buy low on the minions. Um, I got Travis DTN, so he's kind of a forgotten guy, and he's also you know a damaged goods. So I'm not going to go buy you know Travis DTN at you know the first round, first round value, early first round. But when it comes down to it, you know, people get concerned when someone gets that, you know, that you know, Liz Frank injury. People get concerned when they don't have production year one. But James Robinson tore his Achilles. Yep. And I would, you know, I would take ETN over some of the some of the running backs in this class. And if you have a, a late first round or a mid first round pick and you want to just someone gets rookie fever, cool. I'll take Travis ETN off your hands or you're trading one of those running backs like Christian McCaffrey 
or Saquon Barkley. I'm like, all right, well, ETN has to be in the deal. Um, but he's a guy. I was going to put Elijah Moore on there, but I don't necessarily know he's a buy low um, because people are pretty, you know, pretty on to the fact that the guy's a stud. Um, but yeah, I think ETN is somebody that you can you can absolutely buy low on. All right, well, it was a, it was a fun show. I appreciate you know seeing you guys. We plan on doing some some off season content. Um, if anyone is interested, I have one spot left for our mock draft. It is a slow draft, one quarterback redraft. So if anyone, in. I should be in. Yeah, I think you are, but if not, I'll, I'll check. We have one spot left. I'll start it. There's no clock. I'm just. But once it's done, I'll do a recording. Um, last year, like my recordings with Jeremy doing the mock drafts, got a hell of a lot more views than these, and so I'm going to do a lot of them all off season. Yeah, dude. If you need someone, I'm in. If especially if it's a slow draft like that, I'm down. Yeah, there's no no clock, nothing. Once it's done, we'll set up a time to do the recording, but no rush. No, and no then clock. you can constantly get the Twitter notifications instead of me for being on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I open up Twitter, it's Dave. You're on the clock. I was like, oh. Shoot, I forgot to look so, at that. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not ending the show until Jeremy picks. No, I'm just kidding. I already picked right. at the beginning of the show. Oh, you yeah, dude. Tell yeah. me in, I'm in for sure. <laughs> All right, I'll send it over. All right, well, hey, you guys have a good night. It was good seeing you. Yes, well, see you guys. Bye.